The Dallas Cowboys advanced to the divisional round of NFL playoffs, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Is this the end for Tom Brady? Some coordinator GM movement around the league as well. Coming up on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of P&W presented by Price Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Well, it, was a, it was a thumping, it was a drubbing. Oh. The old Tampa Bay Buccaneers got walloped on Monday Night Football by the Dallas Cowboys. It started early, and despite some missed extra points, uh, those things did not come back to haunt the Dallas Cowboys. 31-14, a couple of late scores from the, the Buccaneers in the second half of the game, but nowhere near enough. And it is Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, and those Dallas Cowboys advancing over the Bucs. Yeah, the extra point thing was bizarre and crazy. And yes, it didn't matter unless you were someone like myself that had the over and fell one <laughs> point short of pushing or two points short of winning, which okay, any so of those <laughs> you weren't you weren't rooting for him to miss the fifth, because I kind of was just to see something bizarre. I, and I always kind of root for chaos. Yeah, I hear you. I also wouldn't mind Mike Evans dropping that meaningless touchdown at the end of the game, too. But anyway, it made made things fun down the stretch in, what, in a game that was, as you said, an absolute blowout. The Cowboys totally controlled this game. You know, it was their flow. They controlled it by ground or by air on defense. I thought the best players on the field were clearly Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons. I thought both of them played A-plus games. Aikman finished that you know, uh, recording or broadcasting saying this might be Dak's best game ever. Pretty close to flawless, you know, just distributing the ball really, really well, whether it's to Lamb or Gallup or mostly to Schultz. Um, I thought this was a very impressive everything about it from Dallas. And, boy, I, I have some questions about Tampa. I mean, right. I don't know where this team goes, where Brady goes. They're a disjointed group. That was my takeaway from it. You, you know, yeah. you, a playoff game, it's rare that we come on here and, and talk about a playoff game. And there's not really any plays where you're like, oh, man, this was key to the game. It's just like what these teams didn't belong on the field together in the play. Right. That's, that's the vibe I got. It wasn't even an exciting. Oh, man, they're just knocking them out left and right. It was just like, what let's can we call this? Because this is like, yeah, this is not competitive. In, Maybe in the second half, it's like, okay, Brady's going to make a charge and, and kind of come back and make this thing close. But it's just you know, the, the Cowboys were just in a different tier a completely different class than the tampa bay buccaneers and obviously the bucks got into the playoffs with a with a terrible record um in a bad division uh and you know it was just you come away it was like okay well that team didn't belong so now the playoffs start for the cowboys next week yeah right i mean i am interested to get your thoughts you know which team did you want to see but i think we have to talk a little bit about brady i mean he does not like to get hit he misses a lot of throws he does 
dumber things than he ever did. You know, like even the the end zone pick, you know, I think he was throwing that away, but he always sees those guys. That was his first red zone pick in like a decade they were talking about. I mean, it's it's been forever. Definitely his first since. Well, first of all. First is a box. The the massive jinx by them. They throw the graphic up on the screen. Right. And probably 90 seconds later, he throws an interception. Right. I'm like, oh, he's definitely throwing one now. Never thrown one as a box. Goes back a couple of years to his Patriot career. Boom, yeah. yeah, interception. That didn't help the over either. Um, but still, Brady's thrown the ball 66 times. I mean, they have no running game at all. Ran for 52 yards total. He's not that guy anymore, you know, especially because he won't hold it and he doesn't make plays. He moves a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff on the run, on the move. I mean, that's not Tom Brady. No, it's not. Yeah, so the, the line doesn't help him out in front. They have no running game. They don't really try to have a running game. And I mean, 66 pass attempts for Tom right. Brady and it's, you know, 5.3 yards per attempt. It's just, it, it was, it was almost, cause we had talked about this. It's what we saw. wasn't a surprise. It was exactly what we talked about happening. And I was like, yeah, Brady's probably gonna throw it 50 times. They're not gonna mm-hmm. run the ball, get down early. And it was that only even more extreme, you know, it was, it was almost a cartoon version of what we've seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. And, and uh, Tom Brady's not playing at a special level anymore and he's older. And then, everything around him is is worse and he's got some receiving weapons but he's he, he doesn't give himself time or just doesn't have time to throw the ball to them because yeah. he wants to get the ball out of his hands so quickly and I feel like the entire team was not coached as well this year as it was in the past so it was almost every level of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you point here and say well this is not good enough and this is not good enough and this is not good enough yeah and we even mentioned you know left which gets fired after the game as well um, I thought Bulls would be on the hot seat. Hey, I mean, I was with Todd in, in Cleveland. You know, he was an upcoming uh, assistant defensive backs coach for us, and I'm rooting for him. But I think he's a coordinator, not a coach. I mean, some of their some of their game management, they're like one of the least analytic teams in the league. And you know, this offense was not only the worst running team in the league, but the least explosive passing game or least explosive offense overall. So you just can't win without explosives or a running game and Brady can't, you know, elevate guys like he used to. It's a great point. And when you see someone like on Sunday, Josh Allen is, you know, kind of doing some weird things, making some mistakes, but there's explosives and he's doing things like he's playing a different, he's, he's playing a different sport than some of the other quarterbacks in the league league with some of the throws he's making. He makes a bonehead mistakes, but they can make up for it with explosives. And, and it's just not happening in the Buccaneers offense. And I kind of get the vibe and I don't want to put it all on the coaching staff, but seeing Byron Leftwich get fired, that, that was just one of the takeaways. And, and I, I don't like calling for people's jobs or anything like that, but right. that didn't happen before we came on the podcast. My, that's what I was going to be talking about is you've got to look at the coaching staff here because how much, worse was this team last year from that aspect and it's kind of like what we saw with the the saints this year you know it's like okay well you got a new head coach but it's just kind of the same coaching staff and we're going to be fine and they're just much worse and so like how much difference does that head coach make and and i think we've seen it in in a couple instances this year when you have a really great head coach and you lose him it's going to affect your entire football team absolutely without question and again, I think Bowles was in over his head as a head guy, still a great schemer, still a great defensive coordinator. And sort of coincidentally, I, after we're done here, I'm going to do a, a local podcast and talk about Leftwich. I mean, there's been all kinds of rumors. Tomlin loves Leftwich. He finishes his career here as a quarterback. 
And what I find interesting is, you know, as a Steelers OC, obviously, is what I find interesting is one year ago, Leftwich is interviewing for head jobs. You know, I mean, they had just come off a Super Bowl win. He's a hot guy. And this year, they have the no explosives, no running game. You know, like, which version are you getting? Is that the just the Arians effect? I, mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I find that really interesting. because Right. And, you know, Tom, we'll talk about Tom Brady in a second. If he's yeah. higher or not, and the questions become, okay, it's a very circular argument in a, uh, you know, a chicken or the egg thing. Was Tom Brady now bad? And he brought the team down and made mm-hmm. left look bad. Look, made the coaching look bad. Is Tom Brady kind of the same guy, but everything else let him down uh, Is a combination of Did all. He elevate everybody before this to you know, right. that they weren't as good as we thought. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So many questions. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Bucks. If this should be the end, if it is the end for Tom Brady and uh, whether or not uh, I, as someone who covers the 49ers would have rather seen the Buccaneers or really? The Cowboys and that answer might surprise you. Yeah, we get to I do want to hear about that, that stuff next. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How easy is Prize Picks daily fantasy? Well, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. That's right. All you're picking is two players if you want. So you just go on, you look at Prize Picks projections, you download the app, you go to prizepicks.com, check out the projections. You see one that's an outlier and you think, oh, no way, Dak is going to go off. Right. So I'm going to pick more than those passing yards. And you do that for another player. You could pick two up to five players. So you pick two to five players. If they all score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. You're not competing against other people. There's no sharks in the pool. It is just you versus the prize picks projections available. And of course, tons of NFL projections throughout the playoffs. But Every sport. This is daily fantasy. You can play every sport every single day. NBA, Major League Baseball when that gets going. NHL, golf, college hoops, women's hoops, NASCAR, tennis, uh, soccer, even esports, cricket if that's what you're into, Euro basketball, um, MMA, boxing, and tons more projections at Prize Picks. So download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. And first time users can. Use our code to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed up and hit the thumbs up and the notification bell on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That is the home of Peacock and Williamson. Of course, you can find Peacock and Williamson on all of your favorite um, podcast platforms. Check out the Locked On NFL podcast. There is key NFL key predictions every Friday on the Locked On NFL channel. On Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. To finish up the Brady conversation, to you, we just talked about there's a lot of factors here, and it's probably a little bit of everything. But when you're looking at Tom Brady, are you like, okay, just don't disgrace this image? I, I think back to who was originally the GOAT, right, in the NFL. It was Jerry Rice, and that's the player I grew up watching, number 80. I wanted to wear number 80 when I was playing wide receiver. 
growing up, you know, because Jerry Rice was the guy. But when I saw Jerry Rice is like receding hairline and he's trying to go four <laughs> rows, but he's losing his hair and he's 42 years old and he's playing on the Seahawks and the Raiders like this doesn't look right. I mean, like, more power to him. Play as long as you want. But sure. like, from an image standpoint, I think a lot of people look back and if they're a certain age, they think of Randy Moss, who was emerging at that time. And they see 40 year old Jerry Rice. and They're like, oh, man, Randy Moss way better than Jerry Rice is like, oh, man. But man, if you saw the things I saw, you know, <laughs> earlier in Jerry Rice's career, you'd think differently. Flash 80 dude could fly. Uh, and so. I feel, I feel like that way with Tom. I don't want to see a brittle old Tom Brady who's just like dinking the ball down. And it's like, what are you even doing anymore? You're not elevating your team anymore. Um, if he wants to play, he wants to play. But to me, it's clear. he's he, it's, it's about time to hang him up. But maybe, who knows? I thought the same thing about him at the end of his Patriots career. It's like, oh, this is probably it for Tom Brady. And teams like the 49ers who just went to a Super Bowl was kind of like a, a very similar situation. There's a lot of talk about, okay, now Brady comes back home and plays for the 49ers, but they have their own new situation again. And you go to a Super Bowl or whatever, and it's like, oh, we're not going to move off our quarterback for this aging guy who looks like he's kind of done. Turned out last time he wasn't done. I feel like he actually is done, though, this time. Yeah, I'm with you because honestly, I'm sure on our podcast and others, I said, boy, I'm worried that Brady in a Bucks uniform is going to be ugly. You know, it's going to be bad memories, you know, not because the Patriots carried him. It's just he was 42 or four, whatever it was. I mean, he's an old man and he was starting to show signs then. So I thought that was coming. Unbelievable that it didn't. And if this is our last memory of him, I think you get away from that. I mean, nine out of 10 athletes, your last memories aren't good. You know, you made some references. My dad always talks about Willie Mays was a Met, you know, Joe, Joe Namath was yeah. a Ram, you know, like things you never even think of. I mean, eight-year-old Matt Williamson remembers when Franco, the late great Franco turned into a Seahawk. I'm like, oh man, like that's just terrible. And I worry that if Brady does it, that's what's going to happen this time. I mean, cause I thought he really showed age. This past year, I don't think he elevates those around him. He doesn't look like he's enjoying it as much. I mean, just barking at other people and blaming others. And it's just the physicality of it in the end. Uh, He doesn't want to get hit. The ball comes out of his hands quicker than any quarterback in the league. And he's trying to make plays that he's not capable of making anymore. I mean, all these guys end badly pretty much. I mean, Breeze, Eli, Ben. I mean, not Matt Ryan this year. I mean, there's a long list, and I think you get out now if you can. And you can. Yeah, and I think of those old quarterbacks, especially like Joe Namath and um, Johnny Unitas even. You yeah, see these yeah. old clips of these guys, and, and what's funny is like just with television, there's so much more clips of them older than younger, too. And you, see, good point. you see the end of career clips, and they're tiptoeing around and look like brittle old guys. <laughs> and they were 10 years younger than Brady is right now, you know? Yeah. So, um, Nobody's protecting them their whole career either. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. It's a very <laughs> set of rules, too, how much they got knocked around. Uh, let's make the argument that, okay, it wasn't actually really Tom Brady. And, and maybe he's not special, elevate everybody, Tom Brady. He's still a good starting NFL quarterback. And a lot sure. of teams love to have that. And Tom still has the fire and wants to play. And if that's not in Tampa Bay, is there a spot you say, oh, well, if I am Tom Brady and I got to play one more year, where where would that be? What, what makes the most sense? To well, you? there's three rumors. The Raiders, which I think is very, very logical. You know, they would sell a ton of jerseys, the McDaniels connection. I don't think that would go particularly well. The other two are Miami and your Niners, only because he's from there. Like, if I'm in your shoes, I'm rolling with my guys. I don't want to, I'm not missing no thanks. You know, Tom, you're great, all that, but I'll I'll roll with Lance and Purdy and things are going well. I'm not rocking this boat. We know Miami's ownership is tied to Brady and Michigan and all this stuff too, and tampering and 
I don't think that's a good move for them either. I mean, unless Tua can't play anymore, I mean, that makes no sense to me. But one I'd throw out at you is, are the Jets or the Commanders a contender with Brady? Or is it just go down with the ship and gets ugly? Yeah, and then you start to consider, okay, if he's willing to do it, you're the Jets. And you mm-hmm. look around, you're like, well, we go get Jimmy G, knows the offense. Or we get Tom Brady. Like, yeah, Tom right, Brady right. be more fun, sell more jerseys. And even if he's not that Tom Brady anymore, Jimmy G's had his own set of injuries, and he's a good player. But if you're getting a similar level of quarterback at this stage in Tom Brady's career, why not go with Tom Brady, right? And then have a, you know, and maybe keep he Zach helps keep Zach Wilson in the quarterback room with him and say, hey, Zach, he, do everything he, he does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and really, in any, that's kind of the way the Jets have to go with this thing is because I, I think any way you look, and we've seen it with now Lance and Purdy, uh, who have both spoken so highly of Jimmy Garoppolo, like those types of things mm-hmm. uh, are pretty important. So oh, yeah. that's the that's the direction for the Jets, and they have to sort of rank their quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I wouldn't I, – I wouldn't – I wouldn't say they would re- they were wrong if they had Tom Brady pretty high on that list if that was a place he was willing to go. Um, of all fit, I think that one might be best. Yeah, I like Miami. I think more. He's right there already in Florida. Mm-hmm. They've we already know that there's connections there. That one could kind of make some sense. I can't really see him doing it again in Tampa, but maybe he sounded like he was saying goodbye in the post game press conference too with some of the comments he was making. Um, but, you I feel know, a like lot Tampa of things needs change. to blow it up. Right. I, mean, I feel like Tampa yeah. shouldn't rule it. I mean, we know the cap is somewhat a fiction, but they're right up against the cap. And I'm sure they can move things around and say, I can squint and see the Super Bowl team we once had. We just didn't get a lot of breaks. Let's ro- run this thing back. I think that'd be a massive mistake. I mean, I'm more in the trade Mike Evans for pick mold than I am run it back. Yeah, it's one or the other. I, I could see them, especially with the offensive line and the bad luck and the injuries they had there, thinking, okay, we're going to go back and, and we're not that far off from where we were. Get healthier in the secondary, healthier in the offensive line. We won the division. And right. Yeah. Let's do the, <laughs> yeah, it's, the competition. The competition's not that bad. <laughs> Even if it's not Tom Brady and somebody else, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's know. Jimmy there and run it back or, you know. Yeah. So there, there's going to be another quarterback carousel here. Uh, I, I think at some point we have to talk about the fits as well for Lamar Jackson and how mm-hmm. that's going to look. And I know we've teased that and it, 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 that'll come up at some point this week. We, we might want to finish up the show with that. Um, I do want to talk really quick though about some of the movement. So Byron, Byron Leftwich fired and there's, we've seen a few coordinators fired around the NFL. We've seen some hirings now. And one that's kind of going underreported is the Arizona Cardinals have hired a new general manager. And yeah. It's Monty Osenfort. I don't know a lot about, Monty, uh, I do know that his GM ahead of him in Tennessee was fired already, and now he gets a GM job, but it's not with the Titans. So the, the team that knows him the most didn't really care to bring him back, which is interesting. Or maybe he was like, ah, oh, you did my guy, John Robinson, dirty, and so uh, I'm going to look for another opportunity. But Monty Osenfort was around for 21 seasons in the NFL, Matt, and 15 of those were with the New England Patriots, and that was from 2003 to 2019 so recently yeah okay uh, that was a pretty good era of football for the new england they won some games yeah yeah uh, he all helped acquire rabel and obviously there's a connection there with tennessee makes me think kind of like you were implying the tennessee front office probably gets blown up and they go get someone from outside the organization just a hunch um you had mentioned it off the air and i hadn't thought of this connection that with him going to arizona with the patriot ties 
maybe there's a Flores connection. You know, I mean, he could even hire him as defense coordinator or head coach. I mean, it's how in, how influential is he going to be in the Cardinals head coach search? I mean, I think that's interesting as well. It's always hard to talk personnel guys. I don't know if he's a good evaluator or not. They must think he is. Somebody speaks highly of him, but you know, we'll see. And he came from, it's funny because GMs always come from either you grew up in the scouting world or you grew up like you have a law degree. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. A cat scouting, guy. Right, yeah. scouting world GM. Yeah, he's a scout type. He's a yeah. boots on the ground going in colleges type of guy. And, yeah. and Brian Flores is someone that the has been reported there's interest in. I don't know if he's actually already interviewed yet, but that's an interesting one. Brian Flores it combo is. with Monty Osenfort potentially for the Arizona Cardinals there. Yeah. Flores, because I'm close to it, of course, was rumored to be right in the Browns defensive coordinator uh, mix, but they went another direction, so. Jim Schwartz, yeah. by Schwartz, the way. Yeah, makes Jim sense. Schwartz uh, coming back. I hadn't. I didn't even know he was around. It was sort of like he was too young of a coach to go retire and in, in, yeah, yeah. in the sunset. And he was an assistant somewhere, uh, but not a, a high up assistant. There was no, you know, he was, wasn't someone that was speaking at podiums or anything. Uh, recently, uh, now gets a, another shot at defense coordinator for the Browns after Joe Woods firing. So that's an interesting one. I'm like, yeah, I, I go big name higher if you're going to go just switch it up at uh, at defensive coordinator. I think some stability there, which Schwartz should bring, is a good thing. I mean, they were really, really bad against the run, um, had a lot of linebacker injuries, were very Miles Garrett dependent in the front seven, and uh, blown coverages were sort of a little too regular as well. So I think some stability there with a veteran DC makes some sense for the Brownies. Next, uh, let's talk about – let's get into the quarterback stuff, shall we? Let's sure. talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson. And where he could end up now. And, and we've already gotten into the quarterback carousel. So let's continue that conversation. And also, uh, I do want to mention a little bit about um, the 49ers next opponent, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Next. Today's episode brought to you in part by our friends at betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting, information, stats, news, and analysis this season and every season. Get all the latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. Uh, you were talking about esports, just about anything you can find. You can uh, you can bet on, you can find it at Bet Online, even some Vegas style casino games as well at Bet Online. So, and if you love, by the way, sports podcasts, which I'm sure you do, you can find those at Bet Online as well and looking at some of the uh, some of the updated odds as well for the super bowl now that the wild card round is over kansas city chiefs five to one odds they are the leader or no i'm sorry three to one odds now that's grown for them to be super bowl champions when it's all said and done followed by the buffalo bills and then it's the 49ers and then it's the philadelphia eagles at five and a half to one so that's uh, the top four there according to bet online to win the super bowl and you can go bet on those things and find all of those odds of course on the website or mobile device bet online where the game starts you asked me a question a little earlier matt about which team i thought i wanted to see for the san francisco yeah, yeah. in the next round and as far as winning football games the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the easy answer there. And that was the easy sure. answer before the game and clearly after the game. And we've already seen the 49ers do a similar number on the Bucs that the Dallas Cowboys just did. But for a TV, let's have some fun perspective. <laughs> I was rooting for the Cowboys. Like this is one of those where it's the team they've seen the most in the postseason. There's rivalries that go back to the 70s and then the 90s. And they played again, they played last year. Niners got them on the road. Now the 49ers get them at home, and just a lot more fun. So that that's what I root for. So I, I love this one. And by the way, Matt, a little stat here. The San Francisco 49ers 
And the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently tied in career postseason wins in the modern era. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And Most playoff wins in Super Bowl era or whatever. Yes. And so it's it's Patriots. Then it's I was saying, I thought Patriots would be one, and they yes, are. Okay, Patriots. Then it's number two is is uh, Steelers and 49ers tied. Okay, well, that adds up. I would say the Patriots have to because of the format they play more games than the '70s Steelers did or the '80s Niners. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a big one too. Yeah, but uh, speaking of nostalgia, um, this was I heard a couple of crazy Cowboys stats. I'm sure most people know this is first time they've ever beat Tom Brady. This is their first road playoff win in a very very long time. It's the first time that they've gone to back-to-back playoffs in a very long time. I mean, almost back to where we were kind of referencing those Niners, Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, Montana, young classics that, I mean, we were younger then. I was not an analyst at the time, but was super into it and dreamed of being one. And you always kind of knew that the winner of that game is probably win the Super Bowl this year. Like that was the NFC championship game all those years, which was fun. You know, really quick before we talk about Lamar Jackson's landing spots, um, we talk a lot about coaching and, and head coaches and, and coordinators. How about this one? Out of the eight teams that are left in the okay. divisional playoff round, seven of the eight have former offensive coaches as their head coach. The only really? defensive head coach is Sean McDermott of the Bills. Interesting. I mean, I guess that adds up. I mean, I think that the league prefers the offensive coach, all things being equal. There's a lot more offensive head coaches than defenses too, which is part of it. So it skews the numbers a little bit, but I mean, seven of eight. And what's funny is it's not like those teams have bad defenses that have offensive head coach. The 49ers had the number one ranked defense. The Dallas Cowboys were Eagles. top five. The Eagles were top five. Um, so yeah, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Brian Dable, Nick Sirianni, Zach Taylor, Mike McCarthy, Kyle Shanahan. And then the only former defensive coordinator is uh, Sean McDermott. Interesting. I guess some of the dudes like Carol, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Belichick that are usually floating around this time of year are out. I, I consider Harbaugh a defensive guy. I mean, he's not an offensive guy, so I think you're, yeah. you're you know what I mean? He's the so, only special teams guy of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Joe Judge didn't make it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right. Uh, Lamar Jackson. So yeah. similar question that we just saw. Let's say, okay, the the – the Baltimore Ravens are at least answering phone calls about Lamar Jackson and they're having trouble with this contract. And it doesn't look like it's going to get done. And the teams that are calling are willing to meet the asking price. Yeah. What do you think about Lamar Jackson and his fate this offseason? Is there a spot where it's like, oh, this one makes sense for both teams? Quick note before we go there. I always hesitate to talk about injuries because I know I'm not a doctor and I know everyone knows more than me. I just thought it was a bad look that he was not on the sidelines for this game. I mean, the flight from Baltimore to Cincinnati can't be all that taxing. I mean, I have a hard time believing that medical reasons kept him from going. I think he should have been there. And J.K. Dobbins, by the way, not only did he not like getting the rock at the goal line, he said if Lamar was playing, they would have won that game too. So yeah. kind of the backup quarterback under the bus as well. So there's, you know, there's, there's some feelings happening in Baltimore right now. It's like, it's, you can feel it's there, but you don't know exactly what it is. It feels like it could go a number of ways. Tomorrow they're like, "Oh, we got a new deal. It's you know this yeah. much guaranteed done." Mark Jackson's coming back, or yeah. we could be talking about all these teams, all these offers that potentially the um, the Baltimore Ravens would get, and it's going to be a lot more than even the uh, the the Seattle Seahawks got from the the Denver Broncos last mm. offseason. And so this is a big one. 
Is anybody yeah. set up for that? See, the names I keep hearing are Atlanta and especially Carolina. And I think David Tepper is a very, very aggressive owner that'll give anything you want. I mean, uh, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, but what about, I could certainly make a case for Washington or Indy or the Jets or Tampa or, you know, a, a multitude of teams. I mean, should be very interested. Uh, you were going to say Lamar's got to want to go there because right. one of the things I heard points. that was like, actually, that's not insane because there's a team that could make that trade that has the, the ammunition easily, both with player and uh, and draft picks and could put anything they want on their salary cap. And that's the Chicago Bears. Wow. And the, that's the, interesting. The Ravens could just go back to the whatever they were doing, running the heck out of the Include football. Fields, of course. And yeah. have yeah, fields in it. Number one overall pick. They probably wouldn't have to add anything else. Then wow. The uh then the, the Ravens could figure out what to do with the draft pick. But is Lamar gonna want to go sign the Chicago Bears? If it's all about money, they got the mm-hmm. most cap space. Maybe they could. I mean, that would be a wild one. I would not expect anything like that to happen. But wow. that is an interesting thought but i would look at a team like the jets they fired their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator so there's a way that they could change their offense anyway uh they're not you know strict onto any certain scheme right now on the offensive side of the ball so many players and playmakers there like they would be an instant juggernaut in the afc the jets would if they made that deal more so than say the falcons and i've heard the falcons won and maybe that's because that's where lamar yeah. would like to go maybe that's where that information's coming from i don't know but falcons make the least sense even Me though too. they seem to be the team that comes up the most often yeah, I, I can see Carolina much more than the Falcons. I think the Falcons are kind of building the right thing. I wouldn't really rock that boat. Um, the one thing I need to look into, though, is I assume – well, he the, the franchise tag isn't happening for a while, so they can trade him whenever. So there's there, we have time until we get to this. But when they franchise him, which I assume is uh, uh, just a formality, they'll franchise him at the highest tender, which means someone can still come in and give the Ravens two first-round picks for him. But he also cannot sign the franchise tag, and then nobody can do anything. You know, like there's yeah. some sticking points with that too. Yeah, he has some control, and it could get yeah. weird. So essentially, anything is going to have to be agreed upon by both teams and Lamar Jackson. Right, right. Yeah. That's absolutely going to be part of it. But I'm sure a new deal will be part of that as well. I mean, he'll sign it the day he goes to Atlanta or whatever. Yes. Fascinating. The the NFL never stops spinning, and the offseason is going to be a lot of fun. But more importantly, Matt, we've got playoff football, and the yeah, divisional yeah. round of games is now set, and it is the Dallas Cowboys who will travel to the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday, the, the late game Sunday. We've got the New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles, their third matchup of this long season. Uh, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills as well, so a whole lot of fun. Uh, to be had here coming up in just a few days. It's going to be coming quick now. And thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen, Matt and I back tomorrow with our weekly Wednesday mailbag. So make sure you get those questions into us on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL, drop it in the YouTube comments as well. And we will talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.